Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Friends Talking Nerdy. This is Tim Jowsma, and joining me for the fourth time live since we have reconnected, thanks to the pandemic, the Reverend Tracy is here in the building. How you doing? Yay, I made it. Um, my plane, no no hijinks or hijacks. I landed and everything is fine. No, I mean, just being an anxious traveler, that totally ran through my head. Like, always. There's always. And it wasn't like anybody specific. Mm-hmm. It was just, I, I get that thought of, yep, this will be how I go. But nope, lo and behold, I landed safe and sound, as I usually do, and not let the gremlin, anxiety gremlin, take over my world <laughs> and talk me into never flying again. So, uh, but yeah, it's been interesting being back, which I'm sure as we play our game here, I will end up um, going into more as we banter about. But uh, so how are you? Did the, 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 the world shift when I landed? Did you feel anything spectacular? <laughs> like you knew awesomeness had arrived near your door again? <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite that. <laughs> I'm just excited to be around humans again, like mostly because like I didn't have like a full time job or anything. Mm-hmm. So this is the most I've been around people um, really since the move. I mean, I've, I've hung out with people in Maine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not that lonely. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been cool being out and in the world again as uh, much as it has changed in downtown. Yes. Um, yeah. As you were mentioning, it is definitely a lot dirtier there <laughs> it, it is um the houselessness is definitely different than uh, when i used to hang out in downtown in i would say the prime of portland times really um you know because i started working in downtown portland like in 2015 and then 2016 was still great and i used to walk and get all the food everywhere and now it's like oh there's no way um, I, I don't feel as comfortable walking around as I used to, for sure. Mm-hmm. I The years that I lived here and walked downtown normally, I can maybe once or twice think of a time that I had like an, a verbally aggressive houseless person like verbally come at me. And that happened like immediately today. So it was like one of my first experiences, like walking through downtown. It was a uh, one of those, hey, I'm talking to you, like tones. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to go be up there by the people on the next corner. Um, you know, I, I still tried to treat him like a human, but definitely picked up pace. But uh, then on the same time, like I had told you when I first came in, Mm-hmm. really cool other human you know asked for some change i apologize because i never have change and uh nope they were cool about it had a little five minute friend conversation and made it here fine so it's that's still there right like there's still human beings just kind of trying to live their life as best as they can but there does seem to be more um i guess of that aggressive demographic that i don't remember running into very often at all yeah, I mean, I, I, if anything, I mean, I kind of attribute it to just kind of the desperate times a lot of people are in. I mean, a lot of people are finding themselves in a spot to where they are, um, they are in a spot where they're homeless, where they never really had to uh, deal with that before, and survival mentality kicks in at that point. Oh yeah, and that's where it's like, okay, well, they're being aggressive, but they're not actually like, hey, give me money. Or anything that would have really made me like if I had had something like a pepper spray or whatever like it wouldn't like it was never to that point mm-hmm. but it did really kind of point out how much it's changed um, because it's not like I was hanging out downtown right before I moved to Maine so it feels even more different than what I remembered back in the day so definite changes um, I did get to see something that I do think is kind of interesting I don't know how well it's running here but they had the temporary houses, like the kind of tiny home situation in one of the parks. Mm-hmm. And as much as people can look at that and be like, oh man, that sucks. At the same time, like, is it not worth it to sacrifice a park for a little bit to help people in a really crappy situation? Um, so it's kind of a mixed feeling because I'm seeing this way that this the city that I loved, like I looked forward to moving to Portland, Oregon for a long time before I got here. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit depressing to see, you know, that change. But it's also kind of cool because I do overall support programs and projects like that to help people out because people don't pick houselessness. We've covered that in like the myths of, of houselessness, homelessness in a old episode that Tim may or may not know. Random background music. It's okay. Mm. Uh, totally professional. <laughs> totally professional <laughs> podcast. 
But yeah, like we had talked about like some of the myths and, you know, thinking that they would actually choose that as a lifestyle is kind of one of the more ridiculous myths I've heard. Yeah, that's, that is definitely, yeah, I mean, why would anybody choose to do that? I mean, most, most people in that scenario are trying to do their best to get out of there as quickly as possible. And, you know, um, it, in a time like this, it is nice to be able to have, uh, the space available, but, um, also cities need to also invest in other things to make it a lot easier for people to, uh, get housing. Exactly. Wholeheartedly agree. Mm -hmm. All right, so what we are doing here today, since we are live, we are doing another game night here. We have started another game of Scrabble. This is the first time that uh, the Reverend has played Scrabble on uh, the PS4. I'm definitely aware aware of the game, of course. But um, yeah, right now we are finishing up round one. The score is 28 to 36. The Reverend is in the lead. Yay! I'm learning how to spell today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So let's see what word I can do here. Um, Let's see if we can do... Oh, we don't want to do that. Yes, because it's interesting with all of the words. I've I've never played Scrabble in this format before, so it's great for Tim to explain. It's like, well, you got to apply some strategy. And I'm like, oh, man, you've grossly overestimated my capacity when I am playing (laughs) games and chatting. So I was like, I'm going to make words and, and make sure I remember how to spell them. Because I know I'm one of those people, it's like I had to come up with like phonetic, creative ways to remember how to spell words. Did you do that? Or did they actually still know how to teach good, teach reading good whenever you were younger? Because I'm, I'm of the phonics mm. era. And that was like a little dip for a while because then it turns out like that didn't really work so hot for everybody. But I definitely remember being taught um, phonically. And that's something that I still in a way I'm affected by, like as an adult. (laughs) No, I was, uh, I was a previous generation, um, with that. So we got taught essentially old school. So, you know, what your parents learned is essentially what I learned. Yeah. It's like, uh, I I think when I was a kid, phonics to my parents is like common core math is to parents now. It's like, why are they teaching it this way? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of silly. But um, speaking of time, great segue here. I thought while we were here, and because uh, the past couple episodes, especially with my birthday, have focused a little bit on nostalgia, and because it shocked the hell out of me too, and it was completely unintentional. Um, the news that Nevermind, Nirvana's classic uh, second album, is thirty years old. Let's talk about some music that came out 30 years ago. So I, what I've done, um, I chose 10 uh, albums that uh, really stuck out to me uh, when, when they came out. Obviously, I was alive and well at that point, 15 years of age, and you were still... I was six. Six. I, I was getting a handle on my S's. Okay. So <laughs> maybe getting past <laughs> Sesame Street there. I don't know. I was learning the difference between wolf and woof. That's what I remember when I was a kid. Words I struggled with. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was I was alive, but not listening to a lot of music. No, not not back then. All right. And now you are seeing another fun part about this particular game, and it is a little glitch in the system that sometimes it will pr- make it look like a, a tile is missing, but you have to kind of do that to see what um yeah it's not fun at all um yeah thank you sony thanks a lot um sort it out get your shit together or or like uh jenna marbles on um youtube back in the day thanks obama (laughs) god i love jenna marbles i didn't realize you listened to her she she's great (laughs) uh I, well, I, I haven't listened to her in a while, so I, I did want to preface, like, oh, I don't know what she's up to these days, but I still remember that, at least initially, especially when she started getting, you know, popular and, and, and followers and stuff, she has, like, a degree, and I forget what it's in, but I do remember watching her in one of her videos, like, you could get a degree and be super successful in that, and then she's, like, holding her frame degree and, like, fake crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was, she was a funny one. I liked her. Yeah, I didn't... Um, I didn't... Uh, well- 
watch too many of her videos admittedly um the one that really did stick out was the thanks obama one because it was just her talking about like my dog just shit on the floor thanks obama i just got my fucking period thanks obama (laughs) (laughs) amazing but but anyway your list yes 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 my (laughs) list here so in no particular order um i uh, got these together so let's go with the first group here rem out of time 30 years ago was the first time we heard the songs losing my religion and shiny happy people Yes, those are songs that exist. Um, I recognize the titles of them. I couldn't sing a single bridge or chorus or anything from them, but I do recognize the names. And I know R. What's that? No, yeah, R. E. M. Because I almost uh, got them confused with Ario Speedwagon for a second. So don't mind me. Just my my non age is showing there. You have a lot of alternative rock fans right now kind of pissed at you. <laughs> hey, I, I recognize they were not the same style of music. It was just a name mix-up. Yeah. Don't judge me. <laughs> I mean, they're basically the same, right? I mean, same yeah. year-ish. Well, they both use guitars. Yeah, sure. No. Um. It's an R and it's three letters. It's close enough. <laughs> That'd be the most disappointing concert mix-up ever. Sorry. <laughs> It's Aria. No. Um, anyway, this album here was the uh, essentially their second really big hit that got attention on MTV, and and really their first one that really blew them uh, uh, mainstream. Like what I remember them before was uh, their their previous album. They did that fun song, um, "Stand." Do you remember okay. that one? No. It's like stand in the place where you live oh, now, okay. face. Yeah. And it's funny because I think I know that one. Uh, yeah, um, they made fun of that on Parks and Rec as well. He used it. And then uh, for me, because I'm younger, I more know this parody from this small artist. You may remember him, but Weird Al Yankovic um, did it with Spam. And <laughs> he did a cover of it or a parody of it. Um, so Spam. I, I don't remember anything of the words of it other than he just made fun of Spam the entire time. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know the original song you're talking about, Tim, but let me talk about this parody I heard once that I can't tell you shit about. <laughs> no, that's the weird thing. Weird Al, like, I, I, I feel bad that I don't like him more than I do, um, because he's he's the type. He's like a Jeff Foxworthy type of comedian for me. Like, I hear his stuff once; it's great. I don't need to ever hear it again. I I kind of get that. He. I mean, to be clear, as a musician, um, his his skills as a musician speak for themselves. Um, so, but but you know, it just my taste. You know, I'd rather hear the original. Sorry, this wouldn't let me play Ying, and I'm calling bullshit. That's totally a word, but anyway, I'll get uh, over it. <laughs> oh, trust me, that's been an argument that's been had here many, many times. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no, but I, I like him. I there's a there is a talent to parody. And it's something that I think I'm decent at, but it makes me realize there's not a lot of parody artists. So it does make me question, is this something that actually takes like its own little realm of talent to do? Because we wrote parodies for when I went to college one time, they would do um, a performance every year called Master Follies. Mm -hmm. And usually we took songs, none of the music playing because music instruments are of the devil according to that school (laughs) but you know you can acapella you know everything just don't say you know sexual words or whatever and so so we would parody anyway but we take popular songs and I would help them do that so but other than that like I, I can't think of a lot of people who are really famous for their parody that made it successful like Weird Al did because it's not like he did other things first like, yeah. I, I can't think of anything like a movie or stand-up or how you can like SNL with people who got big and, and other um, creative outlets. But I, he just started doing parodies one day, didn't he? Is that this whole thing? Uh, yeah, I know he was a big fan of uh, the radio DJ, Dr. Demento. Are you, uh, he's probably a little uh, before your time, but do you remember him? 
Uh, that sounds familiar, but I think before my time. Yeah, it, you may have heard it, uh, and, and, you, it, and he was actually on an episode of The Simpsons. Um, he's one of Bart's arch nemesis or something like that. But <laughs> um, back in the 80s, uh, Doctor, Dr. Demento started in radio long before the 80s, but I was aware of him in the 80s because on April Fool's Day, he would always be on there um, and do like the top 20 like song parody stuff. So it would be stuff like Weird Al, but then also other weird things like a barn and barns uh fish heads hmm. you know just just wacky but um but but he was uh he was essentially a fan of his in in that type of music um and in like the silly like one hit wonders like alan sherman's hello mother hello father mm. type of songs okay, um yeah. so so there can be more to parody too than just you know like I'm going to parody a specific song. You can also do, like Frank Zappa at times has done some parodies of disco, but there were original versions of it. It was just par- parodying that. So Yeah. What's your, what's your next one on your list then? Okay, the next one on my list. Um, an album I did not listen to at the time, but have definitely checked out on multiple occasions since from Lenny Kravitz, Mama Said. Oh, yes. And I do know Lenny Kravitz. So that one I'm familiar with. Yeah, the um, two big tracks on there um, are always on the run. A really, really tight, crunchy rock rock song that he did uh, with Slash guest starring and doing the guitar solo at the end. So if, like me, you appreciate a good uh, guitar solo, that is good. Uh, Good one there. And then uh, the other track, It Ain't Over Till It's Over, um, a love song. Because the interesting thing about this album is... This was right about the time that he was going through his divorce with Lisa Bonet. Okay. Yeah, so um, he, he, I'm trying to find a right word here. I do have... <laughs> so yeah, a lot of this album was kind of kind of in response uh, to what was going on um, at the time because um, what happened is Lisa Bonet found out that he cheated on her with Madonna. <laughs> Be- well, I mean, when in Madonna. Yeah, because um, in the 90s, uh, do you remember Madonna's song, Justify My Love? No, not off the top of my head. Ah, well, that would make sense with the Christian family you <laughs> grew up in. Well, because We'll throw that in some hot quotes there. Like, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah that's, that's a point of actual contention in our house because uh, I feel like people remember things differently. But no, we weren't, we weren't sheltered that much. Like... You know, we listen to a lot of secular music in the house, but so that's not really the excuse. It's just more, um, my mother was more into country. Gotcha. So yeah, that was a lot of the background, but <laughs> I, I was exposed to a lot of Madonna, but that one I don't remember off the top of my head. Well, and, and, and it, that would also make sense too, because at the age you were at when that song came out, the video was banned. And um, they only ended up playing it, I believe, on Nightline of all places because they talked about it being banned. And 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 that's the thing about uh, about that too is that it got more play by being banned than it did by just releasing it. But they said the video was too risque. <laughs> of course, of course, because that's how that works anyway, right? Like you say something's a no, no, naughty thing, and then everybody wants that thing even more, especially if they already wanted it before you told them they couldn't have the thing. Yeah. Okay. I think I got a good word here. Well, I got all the eyes. I just finally used a stupid eye, and then I got another eye I noticed right before it flipped, so... I wouldn't hold out your hopes if you're yes. for an eye. Glop is a word in Scrabble. Glop? I guess so. Whatever works, yeah. So. Whatever, okay. Uh, all right, I will go on to the next one here. And we've actually talked about uh, a couple of these songs when uh, we did the Eddie Van Halen tribute album, it, it, uh, the tribute episode. It is their album for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Um, the songs that really stuck out to me on that one are Pound Cake, Run Around, Right Now, um, probably the most popular track from that album. That's the piano one that they did, uh, and Top of the World. But uh, yeah, Van Halen, what do you think? Van Halen is a band. Uh, haven't spent a lot of time listening to Van Halen. See, we run into this with music with me, though. Mm-hmm. And it's just because of that. Like, I just I didn't listen to a lot of variety of music. Now, I, I kind of got better there for a little while. And then I started listening to weird shit like Esperanto and Postmodern Jukebox. And, like, I haven't moved on from that phase in my life yet. 
Music is music, though. But I know Van Halen. Like, I would assume Van Halen has been played in the background of my life, like, on more than one occasion. And I probably had no idea that I was listening to a Van Halen song. Like, I don't know if he's grocery store material, but I wouldn't be shocked either because clean uh, versions of things. I mean, right now, uh, the song right now has, I have definitely heard that in a grocery store. <laughs> I mean, but, but granted, uh, most, a lot of grocery stores these days have switched from Muzak to just playing regular songs. True. I mean, it's it's also they used to play oldies. Like mm. it was Muzak and then oldies. Like when I was a kid, it was oldies, and now it's like I'm realizing, oh, in sync, and I'm like, oh shit, that's the new oldies. You know, like <laughs> it's just that I'm getting older. <laughs> well, imagine me with this list here, thirty freaking years ago. <laughs> this list is slightly older than you. <laughs> only, only slightly. Yeah, um, but the, the, again, Van Halen for um, it, this was uh, during the era where Sammy Hagar was in the band, and even though fans are are kind of split on which version of the band they liked, um, a lot of da- David Lee Roth fans that I've that I've heard you know do generally say that this is probably the one Sammy Hagar album that they like with Van Halen. Nice, definitely rocks. But we'll move on to the next one here. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Into the Great Wide Open, was released in 1991. The two big hits off of there were Learning to Fly and, obviously, the title track, Into the Great Wide Open. Yep. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think at this point it's almost funnier that I don't know what to say about music. He's a person. Than me actually having like input on songs, so I'm sorry if this is annoying to anybody. But I am thoroughly amused. <laughs> Somebody is not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, Tom Petty um, is one of those weird outliers because you know, like in the 70s he was making music that wasn't necessarily what was really big at the time because that was like like the big bands were like Zeppelin, Aerosmith and whatnot and you know Tom Petty came under the radar but made some really solid hits and then in the 80s when MTV came along came along um Tom Petty has a great face for radio let's put it that way oh nice is he the original Garrison Keeler? No, um, but um, but having said that, though he with he showed more than anything, you know, that even despite the looks, um, you know, personality wins over any time because you know when you pick see Tom Petty, you get his vibe instantly just just by his picture, and then these songs, I mean, "Into the Great Wide Open" is a great song to be listening to when you're driving down the road on a summer day. Okay, that probably makes sense. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of uh, good cruising music is when I think of like older songs. Like I don't think of a lot of uh, good songs nowadays. I'd want to cruise to. It just doesn't really seem to be. Um, hmm, the pastime that's in the background, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't think people uh, are as into road trips in that kind of situation. Like now, people like fly more places. More people fly than used to. But I just, the, the random crazy digression of mine is just mm-hmm. like, I just don't think that they make the kind of cruising music anymore, possibly because people don't view driving as like a relaxing thing to do anymore. Um, um Definitely, definitely. I would agree with that some way. Yeah. I mean, I think um, I, I, I would... I don't know if I would necessarily... I, I think there are enough people that do... Uh, I mean, I certainly love road trips, and, you know, I'm, I'm a misanthropic recluse. You know, road, road trips are <laughs> nice. True. At least when you're road tripping in the car, the whole concept is that you're looking out of your safety bubble mm-hmm. and just enjoying things as you pass. You don't have to get out or interact with anybody if you don't want to. But even then, even even if we were talking about creating a playlist for a cross-country flight, I mean, I, I could imagine no better feeling than listening to into the great wide open while looking out over 30,000 feet. You know. Where, where would you go on your imaginary road trip? My imaginary road trip, um, I don't know. I mean, I probably have, probably like the big places like your Los Angeles's or New York's, um, places like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> a boring guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said you like road trips. I thought it, uh, it would give a, a you digression to talk mm. about something you'd like to go on. Well, the best road trips I've found have been the ones to where you're driving to, like, hole-in-the-wall places. Mm-hmm. Oh, super fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Texas, there's a place... Uh, 
that does the Dublin Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. And I still remember going with my friend and her old little freaking Volkswagen Beetle and like drove down there and had, and the whole thing with Dublin Dr. Pepper is it's made with real sugar. So it's not, you know, any of the, it's, it's kind of like getting Mexican Coca-Cola. Nice. If you ever heard of that being the thing because it's real cane sugar, that's kind of the same thing with Dublin Dr. Pepper. And it's the only kind of Dr. Pepper that I actually enjoy drinking. Mm-hmm. So fun fact out there for anybody who either thinks you hate Dr. Pepper or think you love it, there might be a better version out there that you were unaware of until today. So hopefully I bestowed some stupid <laughs> trivia on somebody. <laughs> and we just showed for Dr. Pepper. Maybe they will be our next sponsor. Who knows? Oh, please send me Dublin. Dear Dublin Dr. Pepper, if you have heard of our podcast, like, first of all, that's really fucking cool. But secondly, um, send me stuff because it's delicious and there's nowhere for me to get it in Maine or Oregon. Like, I'm pretty sure that's just uh, down in Texas. I think that might be the only place you can get it in the States. Yeah, there are definitely uh, regional sodas. Like, the big regional soda back in Michigan is Fago. Well, it goes back to, I think I, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show, but discovering that there was a soda in Maine called Moxie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. uh, my partner, so the Mr. Reverend really does enjoy like sarsaparilla and stuff like that. And it's like, that one's, I know, he's an old soul at heart. We we both realized <laughs> that we probably existed in the 20s together in some past life. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so he likes that and it's something I've ever been a fan of. But there's this soda called Moxie Soda. And it's one of those that came from kind of like the Coca-Cola type uh, thing where it was a tonic that they were trying to make a medicinal tonic. So just like Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper started that way too. Moxie's one of those similar ones. So it's kind of that, you know, sarsaparilla-y, licorice-y almost like... I don't want to say it tastes like medicine, but you know, like there's that kind of taste to those sodas that started out that way. The cola flavor, I guess, is what you can say. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Moxie, I dig it. If you've ever had the chance to try it, I almost wish I could have figured out how to smuggle some, but there's no way that would have worked. <laughs> like I would have exploded in my bag. And <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I should have checked the airport though, now that I think about it. I could have checked there and then maybe taken it on the flight with me, but I didn't. So here we are and you don't get to try the soda that I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, there's always the post office, but then I'd probably receive it like six months later. And <laughs> oh, gosh. Six months later, it'll have a hole in it, and all the moxie will be spilled out into the box. But, you know, you can lick the box. I guess that would work. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of licking the box, we'll move on to the next music choice here. <laughs> it's better. Licking the box. It sounds like this just took a turn. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know why I made that segue there. The next one here is Metallica, the Black Album. 30 years ago today, we heard Enter Sandman for the first time. Sad but true, the unforgiven, wherever I may roam. Um, the album where folks say they officially sold out. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good one to admit that you like because there's going to be that separation in fans of that's like shame you for liking that album like how dare you is it one of those yeah because um metallica before this they were more melodic i guess in their even though they were very fast they did a lot of intricate stuff whereas in uh on this album this is the first one where it was more of a down to basics traditional rock and that kind of threw their fans so it wasn't uh the speed metal of years previous but you know he there was another song that i didn't put on on my favorites here but nothing else matters metallica's first ballad oh metallica so that one i'm more familiar with because Mm -hmm. that's getting into my age group because you know that was some of the that's the devil's music that (laughs) we got in school and in church but yes like so of course it was forbidden so of course we wanted to listen to it i i know um something that really my brother has even picked on me about is how bad i am at remembering song names and and titles and stuff but Mm -hmm. i do know for a fact (laughs) that we had some hidden metallica albums in our cds that were probably labeled as in sync or something um, it was the only way to get our mother to mm. like not find them and throw them out. So, cause she wasn't against NSYNC because they didn't have any messages in their songs. Like it was before a lot of the pop songs got more sexual. So, mm. you know, NSYNC, little crowd pleasing, mom pleasing boy band. Okay. You guys can listen to that. I don't want to listen to their, their songs though. Cause right. she couldn't stand it. She liked country. But uh, so we just like labeled stuff like back, uh, Backstreet Boys and Boys to Men and stuff like that. And it was really like Metallica, Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> well, speaking of that, that is, that is actually a good segue to the next artist here, Ozzy Osbourne. 
No More Tears, Ozzy's best solo album was released 30 years ago, and Ozzy, for me, was that artist um, that my mother absolutely hated um, me listening to because she, I don't know, I guess he just scared her. You know, it's like, he's with the devil. Oh, gosh, yeah. He's another one that mm. is that name from, from Texas. Like, he worships the devil. <laughs> yeah, where wasn't he the one that they thought that it said Satan backwards? Like, was he one of those that they thought if you played his music in reverse, it would like have satanic shit in Latin or whatever? Backmasking, yeah. They uh, they claimed that uh, the song "Suicide Solution," if you played it backwards, encouraged people to uh, commit suicide, even though there is no basis whatsoever that backmasking actually works or really exists because um because I went to a Christian high school and they had a whole Christian you know Bible class and mm-hmm. they had a video on that and they were talking about it and it was just what the, what the trick that they tried to do in school though is that they will tell you first what to listen for and, and then you hear it yeah, Where, yeah. whereas if you had just heard it you know played backwards normally it would be you know maybe you would hear something but you know more, it would just be gibberish because it is gibberish it's, it's total gibberish but yeah like the, the far reach is like well in Latin this sounds like they're saying this this and this and yeah. I, I do recall a little bit of that but what's funny is there was all of that worry about like that backtracking or whatever that there's no science actually proving that it does too much But, you know, one of the things I've nerded out about before is, you know, we listen to music all the time that possibly has like some messages to it that aren't the greatest. And that's just played forwards. Mm -hmm. And we're totally fine with listening to that. So it it does kind of crack me up when I I think of those things. But to be fair, half of the people that we're talking about, like the stuff in backwards, were mostly listening to praise music. So I guess I can't. That's not the example for that demographic. But there are some people who worried about it's like, but wait a second, you're listening to this one that's like basically uh, talking about like having an obsessive relationship with somebody and that's okay. Like, <laughs> or, the, or the people that think Amy Grant is too hardcore. I mean, I don't know. The, think who? Amy Grant, the, the Christian singer, Amy Grant. Oh, Amy Grant. I knew that sounded familiar. Yeah. Because, yeah, Amy Grant. <laughs> why? Why is that? such a name because i don't think i ever listened to her but anyway you're you're obviously referencing something i'm out of the loop on uh i don't know she was a popular name and my sister liked her uh for a brief period in the 80s just just if a glass of milk could sing it would be amy grant (laughs) (laughs) a glass of milk could sing (laughs) yeah and it's like yeah i mean my enjoyment of it is subjective. I, I'm not a fan, let's put it that way, as far as her abilities as a singer. She sold many, many albums, so that goes, I'm going to be fair. But speaking of Ozzy here, uh, the No More Tears album had three of my favorite tracks. Uh, Mama, I'm Coming Home, a nice ballad, lovely ballad, um, co-written by Lemmy from Motorhead. That that shocked me when I found that out. Um, the amazing No More Tears. It's like a seven minute song, but it has one of my favorite uh, guitar solos uh, from Zach Wild, the the lead uh, guitar player at the time for Ozzy. And then another ballad, Road to Nowhere. Ozzy, surprise for most people, don't realize he's good at ballads and like love songs. Oh, okay, yeah. Ozzy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to assume I wasn't actually exposed to like the, the range of his talents, <laughs> like naturally. But uh, I don't know. He's a big enough name. I don't really have an excuse. Like maybe I should <laughs> go and figure out. Oh, is it my turn or yours? No, it is my turn right now. I'm trying to see what I can. I still have all of the eyes. Good luck. Like running out of places to play because eyes. I, 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 I. <laughs> And th- yeah, that is the bad part about this game. Sometimes, sometimes you can get into like a huge lead to start and then end with all vowels. Yep. It's <laughs> like thanks, Scrabble gods. I understand you hate me now. Okay. <laughs> and to update people, we are actually in round twelve right now. The score is one forty-three for myself and one sixty-one for the Reverend. Woohoo! I don't suck at this game. <laughs> all right. The next album here. Uh, it's. T- technically two albums but it was meant to be a double album um, but they split it up to be a cost-effective measure for fans guns and roses use your illusion one and two 
Guns N' Roses also sounds familiar. Lay it on me. <laughs> yes. Uh, some of my favorite tracks on there are, they had two different versions of one song, Don't Cry, but both of those um, are really like, don't you cry tonight, and, you know, really good. Um, a nice little fast-paced song, Garden of Eden. Um, Yesterday's a little, little ballad that I really dig from them. And then the song from Terminator 2, Judgment Day, You Could Be Mine. I'm trying to remember how to spell sieve right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're at in the game. <laughs> well, it just gave me something different to say than like, yeah, about that band. Yeah. But yeah, this is uh, their last big hurrah um, after this, um, thanks to drug problems and just fighting amongst the band. Um, Guns N' Roses never officially split up, but uh, some of the core members left thereafter. But, um, you know, Appetite for Destruction and Use Your Illusion are definitely, you know, if you're going to have like a top 20 greatest rock albums of all time, you know, at, at the very least, uh, Appetite for Destruction is going to be on there. And I think we reviewed that on the show. Yeah, I think we did too. Because I was like, that's right. You did get me to listen to Guns N' Roses at one point. Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> yeah, we listened to Appetite for Destruction. But uh, So let's move on to the next one here. Um, the next one, the next band here is fronted by a man born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And uh, songs like Breaking the Girl, Suck My Kiss, Give It Away, and probably their biggest hit, Under the Bridge. I know Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, but I basically know, like, Give It Away, or whatever that <laughs> one was called. And I did love, like, I think uh, my only other thing that I can think of when I think of Red Hot Chili Peppers is the joke in The Good Place, because they're uh, at this point where they're giving them tests to supposedly figure out if they really belong in The Good Place or not. Mm-hmm. And one of them is, he's got this little spiel, like, have you ever paid to see... Like, blah, 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 the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, live in concert. And, like, one of them was like, oh, yeah, man, like, I've paid to see them here and here. <laughs> and apparently, like, if you had, that was, like, a mark that you were supposed to go to the bad place. So I did really appreciate the joke. <laughs> oh, man. So that's all I know about Red Hot Chili Peppers, guys. So this, this is what this episode's turning into, is uh, Tim <laughs> actually talking sensibly about, like, some bands and the Reverend Tracy talking about what she thinks of or what she thinks of when... <laughs> they hear i did a thing once <laughs> it's like i heard that name before yeah um th- this is the first time i really became aware of them um they're uh, honestly again their first really big album they've done uh plenty of albums beforehand but um uh yeah like i i, I do i think i mentioned this story on the show before but i had a friend back in grand rapids that used to work at a, a car wash in lowell michigan um that's a suburb about maybe like 20 minutes outside of grand, Ra- grand rapids or something like that and um, an older gentleman came up in a vehicle and the guy had like a suit and tie looked like an accountant and everything but had a red hot chili pepper sticker on his car and my friend came up and goes you're a fan of the red hot chili peppers he goes i'm not only a fan the lead singer's my son Oh, yeah, you told me about that one before, I think. That sounds like a familiar story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, their career speaks for itself. Admittedly, I'm not their biggest fan. I, I would put them in the, in the category of, like, a greatest hits band. Um, you know, the, if, the, like, if Give It Away's on, I'm going to listen because it's fun, but I'm not going to go listen to, like, a B-side or buy a live album or anything like that. <laughs> concentrating trying to figure out where the hell i can play that's the only problem with like doing a game is like i want to get into the game yeah (laughs) and yeah that is the tough part about uh doing scrabble here especially when you got someone like me i'm like my turns are always like boom boom done and then then i feel all self-conscious yeah things is expelling work brains no no Well, let's uh, move, uh, while you are concentrating, we will move on to the next album here. And on the birthday show, we talked about this a lot, um, but never mind, uh, from Nirvana. Um, Probably the last great rock and roll album ever. What was that again? What by Nirvana? Never mind. Oh, never mind by Nirvana. Yeah. Yep, that's a song. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is not a song actually. <laughs> it's the name of an al- it's the name of an album. Um it's it's a lyric in Smells Like Teen Spirit, but this is the album where uh, t- Smells Like Teen Spirit came from. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that that one I'm much getting much more familiar with those cuz I remember listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit and then again that also goes into uh isn't that the one that they sound really garbled in the beginning. So I want to say Weird Al even like took them on with all these marbles in my mouth. Yeah. Was that that one? Okay. Yeah. He, it was uh, Smells Like Nirvana. Smells Like Nirvana. That's right. Yeah. This is becoming a Weird Al tribute show. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, if you're going to make me react to the names of songs and albums, I don't know. I'm going to reach for something. So I'm not just like, yep. And then sitting here and struggling with Scrabble. <laughs> well, the funny part, um, the funny that you bring that up because the story behind how he was able to get that, because Weird Al um, has a policy of if he does a, a, a direct song parody of somebody's song, he wants to get their permission. Legally, yeah. he does not have to. Right, but it's parody. It's covered under creative contracts. For anybody that didn't know, like that's why yeah. parody is easy. That's why commercials do parodies sometimes, actually, is they mm-hmm. don't have to ask for permission. Um, and then if they can get the original artist in it, even better. Look at like the Super Bowl commercial with It Wasn't Me. Mm-hmm. And then they actually got what's his name to show up for it. But it was really weird because my stepkids came in totally singing something that sounded a lot like It Wasn't Me. And I was like, what are you listening to? <laughs> it's just the parody. But yeah, so parody is covered. I respected that about him, though. Like that was a fun fact about him. And I think that's why sometimes he gets he works with them in those situations sometimes yeah and then yeah i mean that's that, that's why even at the end of the day even though i'm not a big fan i have i have the ultimate respect for him um because yeah he he respects the people that he parodies it's not meant to mock but what happened was um he uh was friends with victoria jackson um who i guess was in this movie uhf and you know they had interacted in los angeles but at the time she worked on saturday night live and when nirvana music was a musical guest on saturday night live he called her up and was like can you connect me with nirvana so i can ask their permission and uh she she got kurt cobain on the phone and weird al asked permission and he said then apparently kurt was like uh yes but you can't make the song about food <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So he had to do anything but food. So instead, he just kind of picked fun at the band. <laughs> Pretty well, yeah, lighthearted pick fun. I mean, oh, yeah, that's yeah. why I say picking fun, not like making fun. I don't know. To me, there's a little bit of a difference there, but that's, I think, yeah. that's Southern terminology. You know, you're just picking versus <laughs> <laughs> versus bullying or whatever, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but virtually this whole album, I mean, like I said on the birthday show, I'm not the biggest nirvana fan in the world but there's a reason this album has lasted for as long as it did i mean it's from first track to last probably one one of the best albums ever so you really honestly you just cannot go wrong listening to the album period so let's see what i can write now (laughs) yeah I still I tried so hard to use an eye and I just used everything but eyes i'm like i'm gonna have nothing but freaking eyes here in a minute (laughs) Yeah, and the bad part about the game, too, is that late in the game, you don't want to get stuck with letters like J. Haha. <laughs> yeah, so... As it glows Oh. Right Jug band, yeah. Yeah. All right, and the last album I wanted to bring up here is from a band called U2. Octone Baby was released 30 years ago. Um, the big tracks off of that um, are even better than the real thing. One, Mysterious Ways. Another track I like is Zoo Station, the opening track. But this is their first kind of breakaway into like dance music or just something more than the roots music they had been known before. Uh, before this, uh, thanks to stuff like the Joshua Tree and whatnot. <laughs> They did it. <laughs> they did it. That's the thing that that person did. Yeah. But <laughs> in other uh, words, I don't have any stupid Weird Al trivia for that one, guys. So uh, if you're disappointed in that one, but hey, if you have Weird Al trivia about this song, you know, mm. let us know on our web page. <laughs> but uh, no, <laughs> this does remind me of the South Park episode, though, uh, that had Bono on it. Do you remember that one? Um, was that an earlier? Because I, I haven't watched. South Park in a long, long time. But I did see a lot of South Park before I stopped watching it. But they're still going, are they not? Oh, yeah. Okay, they, yeah. yeah, they got... I know there was, like, some drama with Matt Stone and Trey Parker there for a little bit. But not, not like, between the two of them, but something mm-hmm. to do with South Park. But the, they just have 
still been going. Yeah, they, no, they recently uh, signed a massive deal uh, with Paramount to extend the show, I believe, to the 30th season. Um, but they're also going to be coming out with original movies, South Park movies that are going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, awesome. So they're just going to just continue into that universe. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, the way, the, the reason it's gone on for this long, I mean, the shows that last this long, last this long because they found ways to make more money than they spent. You know, it is show business and, you know, how they do the show with, um, you know, the six because they each episode is only done, you know, six days, you know, like the previous six days before that they had the idea for it. They wrote the script, they animated it, voiced it all in six days, okay. you know, so yeah. Oh, boy. What was I talking about? <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, let's go back to your song. Maybe oh, we were talking about South Park. And, yeah, South um... Park. No, uh Anyway, th- anyway, that's how they okay. That's how they've been able to stay stay on for as long as they have. How they um, are do it is essentially just saves a lot of money. But um, the episode I was referring to um, was the one where Randy takes a big shit and tries to get the Guinness Book of World Records for the biggest shit. But then Bono comes. And- oh yes, and they're talking about how Bono is the biggest shit. Yeah. Or whatever, because it's like no matter what he does, he just always seems like a big shit. Like, I think that's like what Stan had said. Like, this explains so much because, like, no matter all the good things Bono does, he just always seems like a giant piece of shit. Like, exactly. It, yeah, okay. It's like that was the punchline. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so apparently I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, short term, what is it, long term memory loss or short term memory loss? Oh, no, we're not even going to get into what the fuck's wrong with my brain, guys. That would be too many episodes on its own. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had at least 100 so far. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys haven't put it together yet, you know, I can put you in touch with a good therapist that can explain the rest of it for you. (laughs) Well, like I said, that is 10 albums from 1991. I mean, a lot of people... I I don't know if I would necessarily say that this year would be the best year in music, but I think it has an argument to be in the top five, especially uh, for the addition of Nevermind for Nirvana, just for what Nirvana, you know, did did for music, period, not just for rock. Yes, Nirvana. That's yes. the band. <laughs> Anyway, the score here in round 13 is 154 to 182. There are 10 tiles left in the bag here. This is crunch time. This is the time to where you want to strategize and save the right letters for the right word combination to give that killing blow. Yep. So this is where I'm going to start losing because, see, I'm doing great, but I'm not what you would call a strategic game player. I just do my best and match the tiles and be like, yay, that is how you spell that. (laughs) Yay, words. Yay, words and shit. (laughs) (sighs) So now that you're back in town for the haunt, give folks a little preview of what they might expect oh man so we do have our themes up and going i'm just finally playing a fucking word so i can move on i i've got eyes i'm going to deal with later but that'll be future tracy's problem um but anywho we do have our themes up and everything and i think something that's going to be nice this season compared to last seasons is you know fearlandia has always tried to run two haunts Mm -hmm. and it's caused confusion in the past when people come through and they're like hey, there was only one haunt because it flows from one to the other, you know, so that you don't have to go into another line. But they're actually going to have it separated this time just to help really clearly define there's three haunts. And the first one is Fear's Gate. Um, We're going a little bit warehouse creepy hijinks going on and potentially some mutated lab situations in the later halls, not to give too many spoilers. Um, That one is actually the Fearlandian haunt. So the way that they're kind of doing it is the Underhill is the big haunt. They have had the, the Veterans Memorial Coliseum for the past handful of years. So they're the feature, but we're more like starting them off. Like we're, we're the starting act. So they're kind of doing it in that sense of how they would, um, you know, if a comedian has a starting act to the headliner mm-hmm. or if a band has a starting act to them being the headliner. So they're the headliner. We're kind of starting act. So that's the first one is Fearlandia's. Um, so that'll be interesting. Lots of great set play because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of cool things being built and knobs and like electrical noises and <laughs> things like that going on. 
the second feature, the second event is called Night Terrors. And it is essentially going through where almost each room is a little bit to that tune of like a night terror theme. So you'll have things in there from, you know, the butchering doctor to, uh, you know, every, there, there's so many people who come unglued with clowns that there's no way that you can't include clowns in that situation. Right. So sorry, guys, if clowns are the one thing you don't do, you may need to ask to skip the middle haunt. But that's what's nice with how it's set up because that does give that as a possibility. Um, when I worked the front room the last year we did clowns, I legitimately had people that didn't even make it into my room. They saw pictures of clowns and said, fuck this, I'm not doing it, you can't make me. And then usually our one of our people would try to catch them and fold them in like halfway through the haunt so that they don't have to face that. So all sorts of things going on in there and things to go bump in the night. And then the final one is... Uh, the Underhill Manor, I think is what they're calling it. Mm -hmm. And it really is kind of stunning what they're building in there so far. It very much is you've got a huge chapel scene that you're walking into and you're hit with this beautiful organ and stained glass window and, and a brick facade. And then you go through and there's like a study and other little scenes in there that are being very well put together. And for what I understand, possibly some secret passages and things to get lost in. So that'll add an element of disorientation. If that is your bag, definitely welcome you guys to come out. Um, we do have uh, some people on stilts as well. I don't want to give too many spoilers, <laughs> but I did. I got a cool recording, and if they say that it's okay to share it, I might share it. But uh, mm. other than that, I'm trying not to share too many things publicly, you know, unless it's coming from the Haunted House website, because they have already decided they're fine with that being public. Because that's the tricky thing, is you do want to advertise what you've got going on, but you don't want to give everything away, because a lot of people, it'll turn into, well, if you gave off the best scare, then what's the point in coming? Right. Um, it's kind of like when movies give you all of the funny parts in the in the commercial and the trailer for it, and then you get to the movie and you think it's going to be this fucking hilarious movie, and then it's like, oh well, they're okay. So all of the parts that were funny made it into the trailer. Th that's it. That's all you've got for funny. Ha ha. <laughs> the worst movie trailer I think I've ever seen that has been guilty of that, believe it or not, was Titanic. Really, I've got one for that one, but go on on Titanic first. Titanic, that trailer. The original two-minute or so movie trailer tells the entire story of the movie. It tells the entire story of the movie. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, that one's like a history flick. So I think those are the ones that kind of get away with it a little. But they did they, they did give away some of their creative the, twists the, and turns. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, and I am not, you know, for the people at home, I'm not referring to the whole thing, the Titanic hitting the iceberg. You know that coming in because, to your point, yes, it is a historic thing. kind of based on true events. Hate yeah. to spoil that one for you if you haven't seen that gem yet. Yeah, but I, I just <laughs> really didn't like it because, I mean, one, one, it does tell how good that editor is because they were able to, you know, tell a concise story um, of a three-hour movie in that two minutes or so there. But um, I would have liked to have. Oh, you saw it. Oh <laughs> yes, I did. I finally. You you didn't want me to put that together, did you? No, I was going to recommend something <laughs> else. <laughs> 39 points, baby. I might have a chance after all, folks. Clap if you believe in the Reverend. Yeah. Well, it won't matter. This Let's game will be over see. by the time it comes out. Sorry. I just, that was delicious. I didn't mean to interrupt your thought. But, um, but anyway, so anything else on the Titanic thing before I, because I had one that was guilty of doing, making it sound like a hilarious movie and it wasn't. Um, no, no, that, that was just my big complaint. On, yeah. Yes. So they just gave away everything. The one that I think of, and, it's not just my opinion. I remember a lot of people being very upset by this. The Truman Show. When, oh God, what's his name? Jim Carrey. Thank you so much. I, I know that man because I've seen, I actually kind of appreciate him. I know he's got like a, a some issues with his past, but who he is now seems interesting to me. But Jim Carrey, and it was right when he started really flexing, trying to play serious roles, probably because Robin Williams had been doing so successfully at it. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like it was around that time. But yeah, like, The Truman Show, we thought it was going to be funny because it showed, like, you know, his ass, like, backwards. And he's like, how you doing, neighbors? And being his goofy Jim Carrey ass self. Yeah. And then you go and you watch this movie, and I was younger at the time. So I was expecting, you know, the mask and liar, liar, and that kind of, like, stuff from him. Because that's what I was used to. And that's and the exact opposite of what he wanted. flop. Oh, yeah. It was the exact opposite of what they wanted for that movie. I, I'm going to disagree with you there. It wasn't a 
flop per se. It may not have blown up the box office, but if it, even if I, I will say this, without looking at uh, the internet uh, in terms of its box office and whatnot, it has more than made up its money over time. People have gravitated towards that movie and see it for the good movie that it is. Uh, director Peter Weir's uh, reputation stands for itself. He did uh, Dead Poet Society. Okay, yeah, I like Dead Poet Society. But then again, Dead Poet Society, who was playing a serious role in there? That was Robin Kip. Williams. Yeah. Yep, Robin Williams. So, it, it, And that's funny because I wonder if that was what he was going for, is almost like pulling these comedians and putting them in, in different roles. But mm-hmm. I remember it being a flop in the sense of if you were a comedy fan, you were more likely to go see that movie. And, you know, because that's the thing is you should advertise what a movie is. There are people who love comedy that fucking hate drama like that. So what they did is they got a bunch of people who love comedy, Mm -hmm. loved Jim Carrey's slapstick style, loved him from SNL or wherever it is they fell for him, went to go see that with the commercials also making it sound funny. Yeah. Because, hey, Dead Poet Society, um, I don't feel like they made that sound like a funny movie. They didn't make One Hour Photo seem like a funny movie. But it was just an interesting thing that they did with the trailer of that that one specific one that I'm like, yeah, I could see that really irritating some people. To the tune that I remember it being talked about by people, how disappointed they were. I, and and I, I I definitely do remember that uh, for that movie because yeah it's studio it's it's a big thing in Hollywood studios get scared you know with the amount of money movies cost um, you know they want to hedge their bets as much as possible and more than likely it was just a studio exe- executive thinking um, thinking that you know oh no we better we we, we got to get in as many people as we can we just don't know if, so, if we get their butts in the seats they will see that they love this side. Of, of Jim Carrey's expansive variety that he can give us in I, acting. And I'm like, no, comedy people just want to laugh at fart jokes sometimes. I would disagree, even disagree with that, though. More than likely, <laughs> it, more than likely that move, um, you know, trying to market it as a comedy that it wasn't, tells me that a studio executive got scared and didn't think it was going to be a hit on its own, so they tried to just get people in under false pretenses. Yeah, and see, that's what I was saying, is that's where yeah. you justify it, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, you you know, we are kind of falsely advertising this, but you know, they'll see the prize that is this movie, which no offense, but Truman Show, I wouldn't put up there. I mean, it was an interesting concept and it was kind of cool to watch, but I wouldn't put it up there as like a, a, an iconic movie that if I found out somebody had never seen it, that I would like just feel the urge to make it happen for them. It, it's not one of those. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is an interesting movie. It's one of those things that like if... You're at a dentist office and you got an hour wait for the dentist and they have TNT on and the Truman Show's playing. You're not going to mind watching it. Right. Like uh, I used to actually that did come on um, one time when I was donating plasma back in the day. Ah. <laughs> like, it was one of those movies that came up. <laughs> OK, since we are reaching the one hour recording limit on anchor here what we are going to do is for you folks at home, give you a quick musical interlude. So hang tight. And welcome back, everybody, as the Reverend fires up the bomb. <laughs> yes, because, you know, when in Portland. Yes, so we are back here. We have a score of 202 for myself and 248 for the Reverend. I have three tiles remaining. The Reverend has four. We are at the point. It's possible... It's possible for a comeback, but it would have to be a Hail Mary at this point, if I am being honest. Yes, and and Tim was being so honest a moment ago. I had to share the level of sportsmanship here that uh, he was going to offer to help me get rid of that cue (laughs) that I couldn't find a space for, you know, just in case I really didn't want to play, you know, that triple letter score with a cue on it. (laughs) No, the exchange process. No, you had the ability um, to exchange, but what would happen is the tiles you chose would go back into the bag and then... Right, randomly. because then maybe you could get them. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, theoretically, but you could also get it back at some point. You could. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I am a, I, okay. I don't know bands <laughs> from thirty years ago, but Scrabble, that one I do kind of get. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least that's the same with it. To me, the weird part was being able to see each other's letters. 
but like I don't remember what the fuck you had and I think the only reason you probably remembered my eyes is because I'm bitching about all the eyes but I got rid of the eyes for anybody that clapped at that moment just know it went back in time and it helped me so thank you for believing in the reverend today I will turn it over to Tim to continue the next part of this conversation yes all right and we'll see what words you come up with here yeah, but I gotta, I gotta figure out how to spell but I've got you know I got some vowels and I got a little befriend over there so yeah at this point it's really just where can it go Jugga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you been enjoying the rainy weather? No. <laughs> um, I was actually really surprised. Like, it just seemed to, like, when I landed, it was kind of warm. And then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, it does get cold here. Got it. Like, <laughs> you did that, too? Like, uh, in 2011, um, when my mother passed away, I um, flew from Sacramento in February to Grand Rapids and didn't bring a coat. <laughs> Oh, man. I at least brought, like, a, a rain slicker thing. Mm-hmm. That was a weird thing. I don't know. I just hit a button, but it was crazy. But anyway, I, I actually bought, like, a rain shell, and then I forgot it. And my, my host family, as I call them, um, they had an umbrella in their car. So at least there was that. But I did also remember how unfriendly umbrellas can be in Oregon anytime the wind picks up in the slightest. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of that there. But, you know, now I'm remembering, like, oh, I should just, like, have my rain shell with me. <laughs> That's just something I should plan on having all the time. Yeah. And Ebe should definitely be... Uh, oh, you're stuck with two E's. Shit. Yeah. And you got one of the... Oh, I, there you go. Right there. Yeah, but... See, this is the problem with me, is I'll accidentally help. I know, because now I'm going to be able to play that one, and then it'll be over, right? Yeah. The Hail Mary is done. <laughs> it's toast. Place to put it. <laughs> So go ahead and talk while I, I end this game. Yeah, just <laughs> it's the sword in the base of the skull. It's an A, f- so guys, like this is done. Like it's not a stupid I. <laughs> yeah, but watch you still get like a double or triple word score off of it. Just uh, one of the. This is her bowling for soup moment, folks. <laughs> is a jet a word? No. Nope. No. Any words, professor? Well, this is a very interesting game. I wish the audience could, um, <laughs> the listeners could see. I thought maybe bon was a word with two A's. Bon? Bon. Bon. No. In the German Scrabble, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bon. the German. The German Scrabble is In German Scrabble, you put... Didn't you have a chance to do ab somewhere? Wasn't there a B you could put that A on? Oh, this might actually work. No, it's not. Seesaw. No. Seesaw. <laughs> yeah, right. The A above uh, bone. The A above. Oh, yeah, because ab. And then we can just be done. Okay. I don't uh, need to find the best one. I don't need to slaughter <laughs> you. You're right. <laughs> no, you've already done. No, because look what happens, too. Any tiles that you have left over get deducted from you and added to the winner. <laughs> and, of course, it had to be three points. So there we go. Yay. I done good, guys. I are real good. You did real good. I'm a Scrabble champion. <laughs> People just she love beating me in this place. Is the champion. <laughs> well, that does it. I think for another episode is yeah. Fearlandia still looking for volunteers. Oh yes, Fearlandia is probably going to look for volunteers. Fearlandia and the Underhill, because I can't express enough, this is a two-haunt situation, and we are definitely down to bring more people to play in the halls, Um, because what's great about it at this point is we're accepting those volunteers, and that's a you sign up paperwork, they do a background check, and you can come on site. So if you do think that haunt work is something that you'd be interested in doing, this is a great way to get your foot in a door, and just to put it out there again, you can email me at fearlandiacasting at gmail.com, and uh, slip a note in there that you heard about it from the show mostly just because i'm i would be curious if it was a fan that actually applied i didn't tell yeah. anybody to mention it before but i haven't gotten anything i don't think yes the uh, this whole thing of engagement we're supposed to engage with these people that we're going into their homes every single week but yes if you are dth down to haunt <laughs> <laughs> then email the reverend here and uh yeah so i think that will wrap it up uh, any other closing thoughts 
I, I did good with words today, guys. So there's hope that uh, <laughs> I won't ask a stupid question next time I go to the grocery store where the answer is like literally above my head. Like, where's the bathroom? And it says restrooms and an arrow. Yeah. I'm learning letters, and that's what's important, <laughs> and how to put them in order to make sense of them. So thank you, Tim, for taking yeah. me through letters today. I mean, that reminds me of that bit from Clerks, um, like the whole montage of, you know, what, what do you mean you have no ice? I got to drink this coffee hot? Those people exist. Oh, yes. I am accidentally that human so many times. And I almost always cut a joke about it, though. I I think that's honestly what some of our service people, like people that work in customer service jobs, Mm -hmm. they could use a joke. So even if you're bad at them, just just make a joke of it if you've asked a horrifyingly dumb, obvious question like I am an expert in. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I mean, you've all heard that here for over four years, folks. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I don't know, there's no gender-neutral royalty term, so I still accept queen, but I feel like sometimes I am the queen of foot and mouth. There you, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> End the show on that cheery, awesome note. Tune in again next week. Remember, folks, every Wednesday and Saturday, we will have something to entertain your ear holes in this podcast space. Thank you all for listening. We bid you adieu. Goodbye. Subscribe to Friends Talking Nerdy on iTunes, the Google Play Music Store, as well as Spotify. Remember to support Friends Talking Nerdy on Patreon. Goodbye, darling.